What's up, everybody? This is Marcelo Undo for another episode of Inside the Pylons. I wanted to recap last night's NFL draft. Also, break down any projections that we may be considering be able to see today in this evening's draft for rounds two and three. Um, I know it's been a long time, but I wanted to try something different. I'm going to be trying to upload some YouTube streams and also update the podcast. Uh, so make sure you subscribe on the YouTube with Inside the Pylons and also search on um, your Apple Music or I'm sorry, your Apple Podcast and search Inside the Pylons. Turn on the notifications so anytime you get enough, anytime the episode is updated, you can always get it on your phone. Um, and I'm going to try to do a lot more of these. Uh, they may be a little bit shorter than usual, uh, just so that way, just putting out more content, just trying to see uh, how we can try to expand the Inside the Pylons brand. All right. So tomorrow, or as far as, let's just dive right into it. Uh, last night, the NFL draft, I felt like with ESPN doing everything virtually, it went really well. Um, no glitches or issues. There was a couple of mistakes by Roger Goodell, um, you know, mispronouncing and reading off the teleprompters. It was pretty clear. The whole fan experience, you know, was obviously green screen at his home. However, I did think that it was really cool to see the fans um, uh, join in like on a Zoom call. I thought that was pretty neat. And then the stories about everybody that was drafted, it was really nice. Um, I felt that it started off very slow, but however, you know, once it started getting through probably the teens and towards the end, it was wrapping up pretty fast. Hopefully they can move forward pretty quickly moving forward. Um, so basically the, to start off the night, Joe Burrow goes number one to Cincinnati. Um, and then you have, uh, Chase Young going to Washington and Tua going to Miami. Um, actually the Giants were able to pick three and they were able to get their preference and guys, but those were pretty basically the primary uh, players that were expected to go up early. Uh, some of the surprises early on that I thought was Isaiah Simmons falling to eight in Arizona's lap. Thought that was a pretty good fit. I did think they would get another wide receiver just to pair up with uh, Kyler Murray, but I I understand not doing that being the fact that they traded for DeAndre Hopkins and they do have a lot of receivers already, um, and I think it'd be best to go ahead and uh, grab a defensive player. So that way they can bulk up that defense and hopefully try to get better in the long haul. <clears throat> uh, another surprise by, by me, who I thought was the best receiver in the draft, was C.D. Lamb, falling all the way to 17 to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think they're going to have a lot of playmakers on that offense. Once Dak signs his contract and decides to come back to the team, that's going to be the major concern as to whether or not Dak Prescott's going to sign his contract or not. Um. And so I'm trying to think of other things that may happen. But I think the big thing is go, just diving right in with uh, the New Orleans Saints draft. Uh, you know, going into it, you know, I, I was going to be pretty excited that if, whether or not they addressed linebacker um, or wide receiver. Uh, by the time it got to the 24th pick, my top five wide receivers were basically gone. I should say top four. Um, I had Higgins in my five, which was you had C.D. Lamb, Judy, Riggs, and Jefferson. I had a feeling they would all be gone by then, and I didn't want them to reach and grab another receiver if it was you know anybody uh, of those four. Um, obviously, the linebacker concern was going to be for uh, Kenneth Murray as well as Patrick Queen. Kenneth Murray slid all the way to number 23. It looked like we were going to get him. However, the, the, the LA Chargers traded up in front of us, were able to snag and snake us, which was pretty heartbreaking just because of it looked like everything was in a fall line in place, but at the beginning of the draft, I didn't expect Murray to be there. So it was, I think I kind of got emotion to the fact that it was like, oh, this might actually be happening. 
Um, you know, I was actually quite surprised that they passed on Queen. I thought he, he was a pretty, he was going to be a good fit. Um, but I think the major concern is the inside linebacker position for the, the Saints defense. On our roster, all we have is Kiko Alonso and Craig Robertson. Kiko had, obviously was a trade from Miami. He hasn't been able to stay very healthy in his professional career. He's a good, smart player. but And then also Craig Robertson, even though he has established a role on this team, he's not a starting cal- he's not going to be our starting linebacker moving forward. So the Saints need to address that as a position of need going into today and this weekend for the rest of the draft so that way they can address the position and moving forward. Also, you want to add depth in the position because uh, Alex Anzalone has been, had, had dealt with some injuries um, in the past, and you know you want to be able to have depth at the whole linebacker position. So let's kind of go back to the draft whenever the Saints were on the clock. They ended up taking Cesar Ruiz, center out of Michigan. Um, not a sexy pick. I feel like that's the narrative that's been going around. Nobody wanted to see, you know, wait that long to take an inter- interior lineman, especially after in the offseason, the Saints signed Andreas Pete and to me at a long-term deal, making him one of the highest paid guards. You know, I felt that based on his play and his health, Andreas Pete hadn't been able to, uh, I guess, perform at that type of caliber with his salary. Um, I do understand that his market is, I mean, it is what it is. It's his turn to get paid. And also that there wasn't very much of a, um, I guess, opportunity to replace him. Um, and you would think that if they signed him to a long-term deal in the offseason, that they most likely didn't like the candidates in within the draft. And according to Sean Payton, it felt like that, and Mickey Loomis, that it felt like that they felt that Ruiz was a good caliber player who can start, and they do expect him to start or at least compete for the for the center guard position. Um, and last year they drafted McCoy to play center, which he started all 16 games. Uh, however, they have mentioned that, that McCoy could uh, slide over to guard and allow Ruiz to play center. So then what does that bring us to Larry Warford? Well, Larry Warford um, is our starting right guard. Um, he's currently on a one-year deal. And um, apparently last night, you know, Sean Payton was saying that, you know, Warford's going to have to be ready to compete. And there were there was uh, news saying that he, that Warford did not come in um, to expectation weight and was, you know, was kind of sluggish uh, starting the season. So I get it that it's like a future uh, asset that, that they can be able to use to, and you can never have any, you can never have enough offensive linemen. I mean, look what the Cowboys did. Uh, while they're doing their real building process, what I was really upset about, I felt like I didn't know who this Ruiz prospect was, and um, you got to look back. The Packers traded up to get Jordan Love at twenty six, um, and it's unfortunate that we missed an opportunity where the Packers were willing to trade up. And we could have made a call to see if they would be willing to trade up to 24 so that way they could get Jordan Love. Uh, and had that been the case, we could have easily, I think that had we had the trade partner, we still could have gotten Ruiz if he was our top prospect a few picks later and also get future assets possibly for this evening's, uh, for this evening's rounds or later in the draft this weekend. So um, I upset with the pick. I had a chance to think about it. Um, yeah, I get it. It's it's an interior lineman. However, I just think that there's still some glaring needs, and 
you know, it's just one night. So we got to get through the rest of the draft to see what the how the team addresses it. Um, I am kind of curious to see what the team decides to do with Larry Warford if they decide to try to move him. Obviously, teams may see that it's an asset. However, he is a he is an older player uh, on an expiring contract. I don't know if they would ex- team may give up a second pick or a third round pick um, in order to take on a, a veteran lineman that's on an expiring contract and he's kind of getting up their age. I think he's maybe 31. Um, so I'll have to look into that further. Um, initial thoughts. Let me see my notes. Um, you know, just to kind of break down the, the Packers, I think that was probably the most shocking uh, other than, you know, with CD Lamb kind of sliding in. That wasn't that big of a deal, but I think Packers trading up just a few spots just so they could get Jordan Love. Apparently it was just so that way they could uh, reach up and get um, them in, instead of the Colts or the Steelers. Uh, but, you know, with the Packers, I think they, they're kind of in the same situation on offense with, that the Saints are. They have, a, they have a superstar wide receiver. They could use a second weapon so that way to stretch to stretch their field. I understand that maybe their wide receiver, the Cal- that those top five receivers weren't, uh, were basically gone, um, and they were hoping probably to land one of those. Most likely it was not going to happen. I didn't expect a lot of the receivers to be there, which, but I wasn't really wanting to get a receiver anyway. But I think that was what they were hoping for. They realized that the, that their prospect wasn't there, so they panicked. And, or not, I, mean, I shouldn't say they panicked, but they went ahead and took the best player available, and they felt like it was Jordan Love. Now the question is, if this guy, if you guys really think that he is the best prospect, and he is the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, who can sling the ball across the field, well, then next year, what do you do? Do you, do you continue to sit Aaron? Uh, I'm sorry, Jordan Love again behind Aaron Rodgers? Um, or do you think, like in I guess three or four years, he's got three years left on his deal. He signs somewhere else, and he ends up playing a couple more, a uh, couple more years elsewhere, somewhere similar to the Brett Favre situation. It's quite unfortunate. Aaron Rodgers is a, a, a great, a great talent. The Packers are a great team. Um, I think, and, and I'm just quite surprised that they were to trade up. They could have even gotten some defensive help on the opposite side of the ball. There was still Patrick Queen on the board. Um, you had corner available. Uh, the TCU. Uh, corner that went later in the draft with the Vikings. There is still some quarterbacks to choose from. Uh, um, so let's see if the Packers will be able to address it later in the draft. So we'll go with that. Um, so basically, that's just my immediate reaction to yesterday. Uh, I'm going to try to put out some more of these videos and also some more podcasts that come out. Uh, continue, make sure if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure to go on YouTube for and subscribe to Inside the Pylons. You can watch the video that I'm putting together for this podcast, um, and I'll make sure to get it out. And if you guys um, want to share your thoughts or your criticism of the Saints or anything other teams that w- happened this weekend or yesterday, please uh, go ahead and um, uh, let me know. I'd be happy to bring it up in a discussion or if there's any topics that you want me to discuss, I'll be happy to do that too. Thanks again for your support. Thanks again uh, for listening and watching. Enjoy your football.